Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Indian sitar maestro Purbayan Chatterjee. He opened up about a great deal of topics, namely his new 2021 CD, Unbounded, Full of Spirit, with musicians from India, Afghanistan, the U.S. and U.K., merging local flavors of Latin, jazz, folk, country, Sufi tradition, Western, and Hindustani classical music. He is heir to the Hindustani classical lineage passed down from his father, and his music has been appreciated by jazz greats like Chick Corea, Bella Fleck, and the great Pat Metheny. By the age of 15, he got the President of India Award for being the best instrumentalist of the country. He's full of wisdom and insight. Enjoy the story. Hey, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. Not at all. The pleasure is totally mine, and thanks for doing this, and thanks for spreading the word with the album, and it's certainly lovely to meet you here. Great to meet you. So you've had such a celebrated existence as a musician. You have a brand new album, Unbounded, that has so many different elements from around the world, which I think is welcome now with what we've gone through over the last year and a half with the pandemic. Talk to me about what it feels like to have a new album out during this very specifically strange time on planet Earth. Well, at the outset, I would uh, uh, love to say that, you know, uh, an album with a personnel like this would have been special at any time, you know, if it would have come out uh, at any time. It's really special to have all these great masters on one record, but it is especially, uh, you know, uh, memorable at a time like this when, you know, when we've been stuck at home for such a long time and maybe, you know, stuck to our own culture or not being able to travel, to actually be able to reach out, you know, with the help of technology and to be able to collaborate and make something like this has been especially sort of memorable. And I can hope we can look back at this and uh, really, really cherish it. And I hope everybody likes the album because, you know, finally, you know, the story behind it is important, but the music is is what uh, we are here to serve. You know, the one thing about this lockdown quarantine time is that it's given everybody a chance to reflect and pause and look within, especially as an artist. What did you learn about yourself that's going to make you stronger as you reemerge with this new album and the potential for live music? Uh, You know, that's an amazing question because I think I learned most of all to put things into perspective and to learn that we, we take ourselves far too seriously because, uh, you know, uh, first of all, life could be over at any moment. So you're here, you know, and you've you got to make the best of, of what you have in the moment. You've got to really, like, live in the moment and re- really, you know, and that's what music is about. The most amazing thing is, uh, I think the greatest realization about, about music is that you've got to make choices in the moment. Uh, and this is especially true of improvised music. And when I was working with all these masters, the amazing thing was to observe how they made these amazing choices in in the moment, um, and they allowed you to be yourself and and be comfortable under your skin and make those choices. When we were, I mean, we worked as such a team, despite the fact that they're all such great artists, and many of them I've been all with uh, for many years. But when I approached them with the idea of making this album, it was done in the spirit of collaboration. Often I would ask them to bring their vision to the song, which they did bring. And that's why it's so special because it has all these energies. But then they also really indulged me and asked me about what my vision was regarding the album. And I think that's what that's what made it really special is is, is you know learning 
uh, how to be part of a team and how to make something together. And having so many people, so many energies, so many colors, you know, as uh, on one record, I think it's, it's pretty memorable. And it's probably in some ways is the first, too. So the one thing about this album is it's, it's cross-cultural, it's cross-country. You have musicians from India, Afghanistan, the United States, the U.K., with tinges of Latin jazz, folk, country, Sufi, Western, and, 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 and Hindu classical music. How do all of these, in your summary, come together to form this amalgamation that works, that's, that's pleasing in, in, in such an auditory way? So, you know, uh, I've been asked this question, you know, what is the genre of this album? Uh, there's only one answer I can give them is the the tether, the common tether that binds all of this together is improvisation. This is many different forms of improvisational music. And if there is one thing that binds all of it together is all these people coming together, you know, in the moment, making those choices. It's very much something that is in the middle of the trajectory between live and produced. We have elements of production, but we have so many elements that are, you know, people playing solos and people having a certain space in which to build up a solo and then bring it to its logical uh, kind of conclusion. So that's the thing I say is it's, it's about improvised music from various parts of the world and various musical cultures coming together. I think that's one sentence that would describe this album. So, if we go back to the beginnings of your life, I know your family lineage had a lot of music in it. Your father lent you this, you know, kind of gave you the seeds. Talk to me a little bit about how this love of music matured in you to, the, to, to, to almost to where you're at with the voice that you've evolved to right now. So, it's interesting, Joe. I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, tradition is a little bit like uh, inherited property. You know, you inherit a, a house or a piece of land, uh, but then you, when you build on it, uh, you try to always extend it. You try to extend the horizon. You try to make something which is, uh, uh, you know, uh, which is which extends beyond uh, what you already have. Uh, that's what uh, this whole journey, uh, you know, my musical journey has taught me over the years. That I mean, I was initially actually quite resistive. I would think, oh, I have this classical music, Indian classical music, and it's a 2,000-year-old tradition, and it's, uh, it's certainly a great tradition. Why do I need to look outside it? But then I realized that once, once somebody looks inward, the inwards of any individual is infinite. You know, there are, if you look inwards, you are in touch with the infinite universe that is outside. And the more you get to know about the external universe, the more you realize the importance and the need to, you know, feel empathy, to feel uh, uh, one with, uh, with the various kind of energies that exist in this, in this universe. And, you know, along my journey, you know, because I collided with all these different kinds of, uh, of musical energies, I think the uh, what I am today, or the the musical statement that I'm making, trying to make, is uh, is very much a sum total of everything that that has, you know, hit me at first, which I have uh, sort of assimilated, absorbed. Some of it even rejected. You know, there are things that you learn from things that you reject also, and uh, and this is what we have today is very much a sum total. I'm very grateful for this journey. And it's, it's far from over, it's just the beginning. And I would like to know and learn more about, uh, uh, more about the universe with each passing day. And, uh, and, and music, since music is my medium, 
uh, I can best explore, uh, you know, uh, energy through music. And I think, you know, in a nutshell, uh, this album sums up, you know, what I, my philosophy of life is to feel a greater sense of empathy. Since you were 15, when you got your, the President of India Award for being the best instrumentalist, that had to be a lot of pressure at that age, but it also, I think, exemplifies the notion that you have really had this thirst for evolving on this instrument. What was it like to get an award that big at that age, and how did that affect the way that you evolved as a musician through your life? Uh, you know, Joe, when I was 15, I didn't think so much. You know, <laughs> That's the beauty of it, is when you're 15, you know, I was more interested in sports, and I... Uh, you know, I didn't take my music so seriously, and uh, I mean, I love doing it. And but the only reason I love doing it is, is you know, when I would perform for a small gathering or for my my dad's friends or whatever, they would you know they would praise me, and anybody likes praise. Uh, I think uh, with with the gradual passage of time, I realized the relevance of all of this. But you know, if you really put things into perspective, I mean, you can get an award from the president of a country, or you can get on a you know uh, any other award. But you know, for the first five days, you're thrilled, and then then you have to do it all over again. I mean, I'm I'm just going to quote uh, a line from this uh, movie which influenced me a lot, which is called Soul, which is a Disney Pixar movie, and I've watched that movie thrice. And and there's this scene in the movie where this diva, you know. She tells this aspiring, this piano teacher who gets this one big break and in his life and he thinks, oh, his life is going to change. But she says, that's the thing about music is, you know, you have to come back and do it all over again the next day. The, the better you uh, process that, that, that information, the better you accept the fact that you have to keep doing it all over again in your own life, in, in your whole life the better your journey is and the more enriched your journey is. And I think that's that's where we are. And I, I mean this really, this is not some, you know, fake sense of humility, but I'm, I, I mean it. I mean, awards uh, and all are great because, and you need them. You need the little pat on the back to say that you're on the right track or that your work is being appreciated. And, and all that is great, but, but, you know, the next day you've got to come back and do it all over again. Absolutely. The life of an artist for sure. You know, your work's been lauded because we're specifically more in the realm of jazz here at Neon Jazz. You've been lauded by Chick Corea, Bella Fleck, Pat Metheny. What does it mean for you to have those kind words from people from that are masters of the jazz craft? How does that, how does that resonate with you? I think jazz has been sort of, uh, you know, uh, one of the great loves of my life. Uh, I think there is, it's a kind of music which has a great deal of uh, virtuosity. It has a great deal of musical intelligence because, it's the, you know, the world of harmony, uh, for us, for, for an Indian musician, the world of harmony, is, it's, uh, it's a parallel universe because our music is predominantly modal. But I have always been in love with the world of harmony. And I remember I had this one very special meeting with Pat Matini, which changed my life. I, you know, I, I went and I had the opportunity of hanging out with him in his studio when his orchestrion project was in development. And he let me play one of his, his guitars, which was actually called the electric sitar, which he used in, in one of my favorite songs, uh, you know, from his Pat Metheny group, which is called uh, The Last Train Home. And I think that changed my life. And I, I, I kind of swore to myself that I really wanted to collaborate with this form of music and I wanted to learn more about it. He asked me to learn some of the jazz standards. And then subsequently, you know, I got a chance to meet Chick Corea, who is one of my idols. And, you know, I, I totally take and I love his music. Even Bella and Bella and Chick were playing together in a concert in, uh, in the Madrid Jazz Festival. And just see the two of them play, uh, seeing the two of them play together, 
uh, I think, you know, these are things which kind of get ingrained in your subconscious mind that you are, you know, one day you want to make music like this. And today it feels almost surreal to to be, you know, on a record with, with all of these all of these great people. And and also Jordan Rudis, who is in a slightly different uh, domain in the in the in the domain of progressive rock. Uh, but you know, rock, jazz, uh, it's it's all about me trying to to fathom the, the parallel universe of art and I'm loving this journey. You've touched on certain aspects of this, and I love the Indian culture, and I love the idea of spirituality and evolution. It's such a cornerstone. I guess my question to you is, every day you wake up, you have the chance of creating something that people will love to listen to. But my question is, what's the greatest thing about being a professional musician for you every day you wake up and you get to do this? I think one of the greatest things about being a professional musician is you get to keep it very real. You do not uh, hide behind stereotypes. See, one of the things about being a professional musician from any part of the world is uh, your bread and butter doesn't come easy. You have to work for it every day. I'm not saying people from other professions don't work hard. All I'm simply trying to say is because you're in a creative field, and you do not have a 10 to 5 desk job, you do not have an assured salary, you know, you have to always reinvent yourself. And I think it is it is a great way of realizing who you truly are as a person. And and there will be so many ups and downs which which make you understand your uh, uh, your your resilience and your, you know, because there, there'll be so many times in your life when you'll fall down and you have to get up and start all over again. And I think uh, as, as difficult and as, uh, I mean, all of these answers that I've given you might make you make you think that, oh, this is such a hard life, why choose it? But I would have it no other way because it, it, that's what makes you realize who you are as a person. And, and I think that is, if you look at it on a philosophical level, I mean, that's the beauty of being an Indian also. And, uh, you know, being, being, you know, brought up with Indian spirituality, you know, a greater sense of, of mysticism and, uh, you know, is that you detach yourself from the, from the materialistic world. You, you try to look at things in the larger perspective and, and see where you're headed, uh, you know, in, in the greater scheme of things. And I think music is a great vehicle to be able to do that. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that level of mysticism and taking yourself away. I think the COVID-19 that's affected the entire globe has been that moment for us to detach and pull away because all of these things have been kind of turned upside down for us. So my question to you as an artist watching the world open up, and I know that it kind of opened and then it's backpedaled. I mean, things in America have been weird because in June we were like, all right, things are getting better. We got the vaccines, then people wouldn't get them, and we're in this weird, ambiguous zone now. But I think overall things have been opening up a little bit more. My question to you is being away from live music for so long, what do you hope we all collectively realize about the power of live music when we return in earnest that, that we were missing while we were away from it? Well, music is, is communion, and uh, I think a bunch of people in a room uh, tied into a common energy is, um, is kind of uh, almost uh, iconic or kind of symbolic of life itself, because, because that's what we are here to do in this, this, this world, is, is to create uh, a sense of, uh, uh, you know, uh, building something together and, and, and knowing how we can coexist and how we can be tied into a common, common energy. I think coming back, I mean, I've, I've done one of my, uh, my, one of my recent performances has been one of the first performances after 
uh, we in India have been, uh, you know, subject to two uh, pretty severe lockdowns. And now, uh, you know, fingers crossed and touch wood, the second one is almost looking like, you know, we're, we're on the verge of opening up. And I just did a concert in Chennai the other day. And I think it was uh, on being on stage made me realize how important it is for one human being to be in the company of another. It's as simple as that. And how important it is to share, how important it is to, uh, you know, there can be all the beauty of the universe, you know, uh, in your hands or, you know, at your disposal. But unless you share it with another human being, um, there is uh, no value in it. That is one of the one of the one of the you know things that I, I want people all over the world to realize you know and maybe it can be a good vehicle for people to to realize the value of, of each other the value of, in this kind of uh, you know uh, polarized world that we live in in this in this time of uh, you know global warming and climate change there are things um, that are required to strike a balance you know with the forces of nature. And one of the messages we've tried to send in the first song of the album, which is Shanboka Priya, The Mystic, is how we can strike this balance, how we can reverse some of the more perverted energies that may have, you know, anticipate those uh, those energies and, and bring the universe into a sense of balance. So as a sitar master, I think about the instrument, and it looks like such a, uh, a complex um ornate instrument and it emits such a beautiful sound for those out there that are listening to this that ponder the instrument as a master of it tell me something that would would kind of diffuse the mystique of the instrument or something that would people would understand what it's like to actually be able to play this instrument effectively and convey the sounds that you want to get out of it well i think one of the unique facets of the sitar is the ability to kind of bend the mainstream and to, to you know, the technique of glissandi, as it were, over, which is called neemed in our musical culture, you know, where, wherein you can sort of create a whole chromatic effect by sort of bending. You don't really have to play staccato, but you can actually go. So that is one of the unique facets. But having said that, you know, I'm a big lover. I love the acoustic guitar, for instance. I love how, I mean, there's one album of Pat Matheny's, which is called One Quiet Night. And just listening to his guitar and, and the resonance of it, so so it's really appreciating uh, the natural sound of the instrument. Every instrument has its own sort of uh, uh, brilliance. Every instrument has its own. But I think if, if I were to describe the the sound of the sitar, I would uh, sort of it takes you into this whole ethos, this whole sense of exploratory sense of the music because there's so much between two notes that you can explore. The whole uh, you know, the way in, in which you can uh, ornamentalize or the way in which you can um, sort of the embellishments uh, that you can, the Indian embellishments that you can do. These are the things which are so special to this, this instrument. And uh, it's it's a universe which I am very much part of. So sometimes we tend to take it for granted. But when we mix it with other musical energies in this album, then then you begin to realize how you know, one contrast with the other and, and how much beauty you can see in the combination of different energies. So everyone has a perception or an idea of who they who they think you are, your family, your friends, and your fan base. But ultimately, you live your life. You have a perception of you. Who do you think you are? You know, Joe, uh, this is this is the million-dollar question. This is what makes help, music helps me realize better with every day. 
I think at the end of the day, I'm just a little blip in the radar. Mm. I mean, unfortunately, you know, sorry to break it to you, but but there's been so much great music before me. There's going to be so much great music after me. I think about it sometimes, you know. I mean, what if this album were to go up, go out there and become a little part of history? Great. But, you know, there's going to be other great albums which are going to come in the future. And, and eventually, with the passage of time, one day it will be forgotten. So I'm just... A little blip in the ra- radar. The longer you can ping, and the longer you can, you know, uh, be blipping on the radar, the the better. But but that's to put things into perspective. That's what you are. But having said that, uh, I mean, I think I would like to think of myself. I'd like to have people remember me as somebody who tried to realize the essence of having different energies and and to recognize the recognize how diverse this this, this universe is and how diverse. And beautiful, our different cultures of the world are, and I think that's the one identity I would love to have in posterity. What a beautiful answer! Thank you for opening up. Thank you for the music. Good luck with everything as we move forward. This has been a very uh, enlightening and illuminating conversation, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for taking the time out and spreading the word about the album. I hope you enjoy listening to all the songs. Uh, I look forward to this interview coming out. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in India, UK, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.